stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. Oh, damn, that is loud. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint, and you can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. To my left, you know this guy. Look at, look at how we're standing for this. We're looking good. We're standing for Blue Heaven. It's a great day. The D-Mac. Blue Heaven Podcast. DMAC underscore LA in the house. What's going on, man? I'm in the building. I'm having a great time. You know, it's my favorite thing to do. Do the post-game show. Do the dugout. But this is the flagship show. It's my favorite show to be a part of because it kicks off the week. And we need a better week this week. Wouldn't you say, Clint? The Dodgers go 2-5 and five last week. Really had their worst week of the season so far. It was kind of ugly. We're going to get into it. But I think there's going to be a much better week for yeah. Dodger baseball. <clears throat> it's got to be here. Else, uh, else I'm not going to be here. Also joining us is uh, the man on the keys. Mr. Eric Ulo, what's going on, Eric? How you feeling on this fine, fine Modelo Monday? It's actually a Budweiser Monday, but I feel great. I'm glad we're all wearing black, uh, you know, very slimming color. I think we could all use that. So uh, we got the black and the Dodger hats going. It's, it's a great Monday. Yeah, feeling good. Feeling locked in for justice, if you will. Put it on the board. <sighs> for the Diamondbacks funeral. The snakes are going Mason down. Mason Saunders in the stream or in, in uh, Dodger Stadium today. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, guys, everything is bad and broken on today's show. Everything is bad and broken. You know, the Dodgers, like you said, what, what two and five? It's not a good week. That's not what you want to see. The Phillies straight up stomped L.A. pitching, and that's a problem. Uh, the kids are all right, though. We saw a few uh, few pitchers make their, uh, their big league debuts, some guys that we've talked about, some guys that have been on our show and on our network in the past. Um, today we decided we're going to have a little fun, do some early trade. I don't know if it's talks, just... Dick should the Dodgers with some trains? Should the Dodgers, should the trade Dodgers for your uh, mom? <laughs> should they be active in the trade market? I mean, I think that's a very interesting topic that will continue to yeah. evolve as the season progresses. But like you said, it was a rough week for the Dodgers starters, for the Dodgers pitching as a whole. But you also mentioned they had two debuts this week. I mean, you had Ryan yeah. Pepio and Michael Grove both going this week. Of course, you had the unexpected injury to Clayton Kershaw, the the back, the pelvic, and we know at this right. point. Right when we're talking positive about him. Exactly. Too. And look, the fact when it comes to Clayton Kershaw, I see people out there, oh, this means they should have just let him pitch and go for that perfect game and this and that. But no, actually, it means that that was the right decision yeah. in the long run because thankfully, it's not his arm. And we know that that is obviously mm-hmm. the biggest fear. But I think with Kershaw, you can't expect him to make 30 starts anymore. You no. expect to make 20 to 25 starts. But I think the fact that he's gone, what really hurts is he was really the Dodgers' best pitcher when you look at missing bats. And yeah. you look at his caper and his ability to generate those whiffs. That, to me, is kind of my biggest question with our top two starters right now, Walker Buehler and Julio Arias. But yeah, if you look at the pitching last week, the Dodgers allowed 6.29 runs per game. and The pitching machine. Yeah, I mean... In, in L.A. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. We look at it. I mean, the Dodgers, they've had that's really what they've relied upon this entire season is the strong starting pitching. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they did just have a bad week. And they also ran into a very hot offense. And we know that how potent that lineup is from top to bottom. They were looking like the yeah. 27 Yankees, the <laughs> 1995 Indians. Oh, I hope I don't get canceled for saying the 1995 Indians. But they were looking great. But also, the bottom of that lineup had so much success. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at Walker Buehler, his start with Stotts getting that big base hit with two outs. And I think it was it was just unfortunate. We know everyone brings their A game in L.A. The Dodgers have a bullseye on their back. But there are some questions with this Dodgers starting rotation and this Dodgers pen. So we'll get into a lot more of that. We also hope that this week Dodgers can fatten up on the snakes because that would uh, really help all of us feel better. Before we get into all of the fun stuff, I want to remind you this is a podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Pandora, everywhere your podcasts are available for free. We're there. Go leave a nice review. We're uploading these here. We're uploading... Um, our roundtable shows, which I hope you guys are really enjoying. Those have been fun. Brooke is hosting this week. Brooke is, of course, not here today because he's at the ballpark doing uh, grown-up journalism stuff. So note that he does not talk about people's mothers as much when he's at the ballpark. At least I really hope. That's so what he's buttoned up. He's his big J journalism, Brooke. It's his beat writer era. He's focused. He's not. He, t- he takes off his fanboy hat. I mean, he looks very professional. He'd be proud of the way Brooke handles himself at the games. I'm just yeah. telling you. Yeah, you got to be careful with people who wear them uh, fanboy hats at the ballpark. They make everybody look a little rough. <laughs> Guys, this is a live stream. We got to remind you about that as well. So drop in the comments. Let's let's find some comments. Eric, you've seen anything good so far? Uh, who's not mustache guy from Ryan Baker? Uh, that's Doug. We went over this, but you know, thanks for tuning in. Wait, hold on. Who? Who here does not know Douglas McCain? It's all good. He's the godfather. Uh, apparently, of- Robert Baker. Hey, <laughs> Robert Baker, get to know me, man. Follow me on DMAC underscore LA. He's Watch got his the post game show. No, but hey, man. He's hey, Robert Baker. It's nice show. to meet yeah. you. I'm just trying to fill these big shoes of Mr. Brooke Smith, who does a fantastic job on this show. Roach, uh, Roach in the stream says, Who talks more, DMAC or my wife? Oh, got him. I'd probably put my money on me. <laughs> Craig Osterberg talking about Catman has been good. We, uh, Eric and I were talking about this earlier. I mean, Catman has arguably been the best pitcher for this staff considering he stayed healthy. Yeah, I mean, you and I have been on the, uh, on the Tony Gonsolin train, the Tony Smokes train for, for multiple years. Um, I, I still contend I think he's a future top 25 starter in the league, and he's, he's got the stuff. It's just a matter bold, of health. Bold take. Bold prediction. Bold. Bring your takes. We have to go back to that one way down the pipeline right here. Uh, let's find a yeah. couple more in here. Josh Gate in the stream said, here to start the Michael Grove fan club. He looked better than Walker and Julio this weekend, and that's good enough for me. Walker and Julio did not have their best weekend at all. They looked rough. They, uh, I don't know. I, I can't, you can't say they looked tired in early May, but, man, they were not missing bats. And how much credit do you give to the Phillies offense that they paid a lot for those bats? I mean, or just, yeah. just a, you know, the pitching staff as a whole is obviously going through a slump right now. Pitchers slump, and they all slump together. Yeah, if you look at Walker Buehler's start, I mean, he just didn't have the feel for his secondary pitches. Doesn't have the same life on his mm-hmm. heater. But even the cutter, which he's been really relying upon this season, especially against righties, just didn't have that pitch. And look, that was a very potent lineup he went against, but it was the bottom of the order that did damage. Stotts, the mm-hmm. two-out hit, he gets the base hit, and he gives up the big bomb to Schwarber. They got some thumpers yeah. in that Phillies line. Then you talk about Julio Arias, at the very least, 
Bueller goes five and Julio goes six. Julio gave up four home runs, five earned runs, four home runs yeah. in that one, three punch outs, and he's just not getting the not getting the punch out. Seventeen K percentage this season, not getting the swing and miss. Don Julio showed up drunk on uh, Saturday, oh, yeah. man, yeah, Friday, man. whatever night it was. You I know guess what? I'm drunk. You know I like I'm to call him the Uriez. He was not the Uriez on this one. He was, he was not good this week. He is not somebody you want your kids looking up to this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to Julio, it's really about does he have the feel for that slurve? Does he have the fastball command? If he doesn't have those two things, he's not going to go out there and be very effective. And thankfully for the majority of last season, he did have that. And yeah. the Velo was at a much better spot. I think Julio and Walker Buehler, they're going to be steady. But if they're not, it could be a long season for the Dodgers because we know that, like we talked about earlier, Kershaw, you can't expect him to make no. 20, 25, 30 starts or, any, or I mean, maybe 20, 25. people heading into the season expecting 33 starts out of curse you were gonna be horribly disappointed and you know we talked about it last week at least I think it was last week time has no meaning but heading into the season the biggest question mark amongst all of us amongst every pundit uh, anybody who paid attention to what actually happened in the offseason the question was the starting rotation does it have enough and right now, you know, you're already immediately having those concerns. You're having Kershaw already hitting the IL. A couple of dudes. I'm not too worried about Walker and Julio yet. It's a couple of bad starts in a row or back-to-back bad starts um, with one another. So you're not too, again, not too, too worried about that. But um, Tyler Anderson, you know, <laughs> the clock struck midnight for that dude. And, and Dave just left him out there. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later because I have some uh, a couple more comments I want to get in here. Dan, our friend Dan from Australia. I found out that Dan is Australian. He says, do a shoey, which is our shoey. He's always friend. pushing the shoey yeah. agenda, and I respect shoey. that. He DM'd me to, to do a shoey, and he also said he's going to try to get us some beer from Australia. So I'm very curious to see if that happens. I don't know if Cousins is going to get him and then break his kneecaps or whatever happens. But, Dan, whatever you're able to do, we appreciate that, of course. Um, Ice Queen 7. Interesting take here. Obviously, the Angels are, are doing all right. Some team has a rally monkey. Should the Dodgers get a rally taco? Your thoughts? That's a no for me, Doug. <laughs> We're the Dodgers. We're the Dodgers. We a don't rally, need a mascot. A rally Michelada. A rally Michelada, a Dodger. I mean, look, if they really want to go with the mascot, you get like a life-size like Dodger dog that would go around the stadium. But no, we're talking about the Dodgers. This is a first-class, a marquee organization. We don't need to to dumb ourselves down to those things, okay? That's beneath us. There's a reason why this uh, organization doesn't have, have a mascot. So definitely a no for me. We have uh, Dodger Blue, man. That's all you yeah, need. that's all you need. Yeah. Can we just get like, uh, you know, somebody dressed up as like a Tommy Lasorda? That's a good mascot. Yeah. Running around, cursing at fans. I was about to just say, like, that was kind of our unofficial. <laughs> Stan, Stan Kasson, give me a call. I'll be your guy. I mean, you have suit. that big Lasorda out in the concourse, right? I like Anthony Keene saying, uh, we don't need no effing gimmicks. Yeah, they have that. They yeah. bobble Lasorda. Yeah, you we know, don't need any gimmicks. We always, we Gary, Gary always wanted the bobble belly. For Tommy, that, I mean, I think you know, that would be great. Yeah, you know, it just kind of jiggles yeah. around. It's really interesting when they first constructed Dodger Stadium, and they were talking about putting the pavilions. They were supposed to have a massive water fountain that every time the Dodgers hit home runs, it was supposed to light up. And look, we don't like like Anthony Keen says, we don't have those gimmicks. We're not like the Mets that have the apple that comes up and silly stuff that. like that, or the Marlins when they had the fish. What are we gonna have like the big Hollywood sign pop up or <laughs> the, something like that? The Marlins abandoned yeah. that thing quick. They did. That, they, that, that was a stupid smart remake move. with the fish yeah, in the background that, and all in that. In or out on the home plate aquarium? Out. Oh, I thought it was kind of Listen, cool. 
I mean, yeah, it's cool, but you know, if you have a good team, you shouldn't need a gimmick. Well, if you put that, that, there's a problem for that. If there. you put a good product on the field, you don't need a gimmick. Just saying. They are the Marlins. You know how you know how I spell fun? W I N. If you win, you don't need any of that stuff, okay? And I think that's Hooked what phonics, we kids. need. That's what this. That's Dodger the Michael teams. Jordan alphabet right there. <laughs> hey, speaking of basketball, I have a quick question for you, Doug. Is the perfect perfect question from Nicholas Ramos? Is there an equivalent to Patrick Beverly in the MLB? Ooh, that's a good question, man. I would say, like, you know, I would say almost a Brett Phillips, but Brett Phillips is, is actually is, is likable, but a guy that really gets talked about more than he should yeah. because right. of what he does. But as far as a pest, I mean, why don't you go, you could talk about a, maybe a Jose Altuve, but Jose Altuve is a much better player. Oh, you know, okay, I have a perfect one. I have a perfect one. Profar. Profar. There you go. That is who it is. Profar is the Patrick Beverly of Major League Baseball. And hey, look, by the way, Profar, I still haven't forgiven you for trying to come at Kirsch last year. How dare you come at a legend like that? But Profar is the Pat Beverly. And look, he is just like Beverly, just runs around. He's not doing much. So, yeah, that would be my comp there. All right, guys, before we get into uh, the deeper dive Dodger talk, i got to remind you that I have to sell you something right here. 162 games of a baseball season can feel like a grind to watch, but if you put the excitement, you can put the excitement back in the game each and every game with my bookie. Their run lines, money lines, and props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie in getting started. It's oh so simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code Dodgers Nation. That is all one word. That is Dodgers with an S. Dodgers Nation. All one word to claim your my bookie deposit bonus. And guess what? If you use that, they see you use our code. And then we keep getting money uh, to do these. And that's, uh, that helps. It really helps out the channel. <laughs> uh, whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the my bookie family. Go ahead and sign up right now using promo code Dodgers Nation to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with my bookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to one grand. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my brookie. It's my bookie, but I had to get a brook in there. It's just, that's part of the fun. What up, Brooke? Guys, let's uh, get into the starting pitching falling apart. We've already talked about it. The funny thing is last Monday we talked about how great the starting rotation was. Brooke, I blame this all on Brooke Me 3 because he was like, Kershaw is, is reborn and he's going to win nine Cy Youngs this year and he's the best player to ever happen to our lives. And then everyone exploded. Everything went bad. Kershaw heads the I.L. with a lower back hip SI joint issue, which uh, – you know, he just got to rub some dirt on it, get it rubbed out. Tyler Anderson gives up seven earned runs over six painful innings, five over five for Walker, eight runs, five earned for Julio in his start. Uh, Grove, I mean, he, he eventually got bailed out, I guess. But, you know, Grover goes in there, gives up four unearned thanks to a, a Luxie. The bullpen is cracking. Vessia couldn't get an out in that, uh, what, Friday game. Dan Hudson all of a sudden is not missing bats. Um and you can't help but point to some questionable decisions from Dave Roberts. I look at the, the sack bunt and then doubling up on it. That was a bit much. You have a, a swing bat-to-ball dude. You already had a fast enough guy with Barnes on third base, less than two outs. And, you know, I'm, I made an argument about uh, productive outs in a, a recent roundtable. And... 
you know, small ball is not productive outs. I don't, that, 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 there's a big difference there. Productive outs is hit that ball to the right side, get a sack fly. And they had a prime sack fly opportunity right there. You get that run in, you take the lead with, with Alberto, uh, you know, very easily having that opportunity to get that, that deep enough fly ball to get Barnsey in. But then he missed it. Okay, well, you, you showed your hand put the swing back on i don't know uh how were the the dave roberts comments in post game i mean i was actually at that game on thursday and i think when you look at that moment right there like you said like if you lay down the bunt on the first attempt then maybe you can understand it but when you factor in that they weren't able to execute on the first attempt it's almost like a magician that messes up his trick and then he's like oh wait let me try this again no <laughs> the jig is up okay we're not impressed anymore and then you also look at his strikeout numbers against righties and Hanser alberto his ability to put the bat on the ball push the ball to the right side and another thing you want to consider too is who's at third base it's Austin Barnes, okay? Yeah. He's one of your worst runners. He took a poor secondary lead. I think that's a bad call right there, especially when you look at how this team has been managed. It almost feels like, okay, we want Dave Roberts to play some small ball. We want him to do something mm -hmm. that maybe that we can look like a savvy manager. No, <laughs> do what got you there, okay? This yeah. team needs to go up there and try to slug. Look what the New York Yankees are doing. That's what's taking this team over the top. So I definitely think that was definitely a bad move right there with one out. It just didn't execute properly. And just kind of, that's when I thought, I thought almost did Hanser call that himself? That was kind of my first question. And that, that was, was clearly Dave. a Dave move. So it didn't go well. And I think that that's kind of my big takeaway from this series as well is the Dodgers, they do lose three of four. They could have easily won three of four yeah. with some better execution and some better pitching. I saw uh, a Phillies... I don't know, I guess it's a Phillies fan on Twitter, and they're talking about, like, see, our Phillies are going to be good. This shows how much. It's like, you, you, you really don't have that much to be proud of in that series. Your bullpen looked like absolute dog ass. Um, the, 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 the solace point for Dodger fans is that the Dodgers kept themselves in each and every game as best they could. They came back. They put together an effort, and you can't, Mr. Eric, you can't be mad at the effort they still put together. Even with the losses, you know, they had the opportunity to maybe take some leads in the uh, ninth, eighth inning. They didn't. And then, once again, you get the decisions like Dan Hudson over Kimbrell, which I agree with the, the, the decision in that, sec, uh, that particular situation. But, you know, thoughts on uh, all those words I said. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm kind of with Doug. Like, I, I kind of push back on Austin Barnes as the right guy at third. Like, I think there's a short list of guys you call that play with who are on third base. And I love Barnes. I think he's a really intelligent baseball player. But it's got to be Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Gavin Lux. Um, well, I mean, or Trey Turner. You don't have that luxury, though. You can't pinch run those dudes. Well, I'm not saying you should. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. if it's Barnes at third, uh, you just don't call. You don't call the safety squeeze. Yeah. Like that just shouldn't be on the menu. Like yeah. that's an off menu that's, item. And, and you don't double down when you lost the element of surprise already. Right. The yeah. magician. The magician analogy is spot on. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only game that really slipped away from them was the Saturday loss. Um, but no, I was impressed. Like Friday night was was a huge bummer. Um, but I think the fact that, that team even came back is is pretty impressive. Like. That wasn't a series where you're like, man, I don't think this Dodgers team has it this year. It was just like, it's a long season, mm -hmm. and they're going to have clunkers. And look, you caught Bryce Harper red hot. I mean, On absolutely fire. red hot. Yeah. Nick Cast. I mean, it just shows you how deep that lineup was of theirs. And maybe, honestly, my takeaway from that is, like, the Phillies are probably playing below their potential as far as their record goes. So that was a good team. They caught us at the right time when our pitching staff was falling apart. Like, I'm not freaking out over one series. 
Yeah, and I will say last week, last week it wasn't about runs. It was about run prevention. The Dodgers mm-hmm. average 5.27 runs per game. They're second in the league in runs scored this season. And like you mentioned to your point, the way they did fight back, they didn't lay down. And yeah. you know inside that Dodgers dugout, I asked some of the players about were they thinking about the Mets game, and they kind of laughed when I mentioned that. Were you thinking about the Mets coming back on the Phillies and the yeah. Phillies meltdown? Were you thinking that when you're trying to come back? Well, I definitely think they were, and you talked about this Phillies bullpen not getting the job done. So the fact that they fought back and also guys like Justin Turner, guys like Mookie Betts, guys like Chris Taylor were starting to turn around yeah. and get out of their funks and breakthrough, mm-hmm. I think was also big. So look, I think that hot, hot Phillies team, Dodgers pitching just didn't hold up to their end of the bargain. It was, uh, what is it, the immovable object meeting a yeah. shitty pitching staff at that moment. You know, there the Dodgers pitching was in a slump and they met the wrong team or the right team at the wrong time, however you want to put it. And, you know, it resulted in uh, an ugly, you know, series loss coming off an ugly series loss in Pittsburgh. It just was not the best thing you want to see out of this team. But, uh, you know, they have an opportunity to get fat on these D-backs, you hope. Knock on desk. We'll talk about that series coming up in a little bit. So the question I'll throw now to everybody in audience, feel free to participate. We'll get some comments here. All of this to say, just a rough patch, or is this more? Is there more to worry about with this Dodger team? Thoughts, boys? Well, before the Dodgers walked it off yesterday, I was ready to tell everyone, look, the Dodgers, they lost four games in a row last year. They got uh-huh. swept by the Padres. They got team no hit by the Cubs. And what they do? They went on to tie the franchise record yeah. with 106 wins. They also wins. had a five-win, 15-loss stretch. Exactly. The end of April and end of May. And it was and, around and the same everybody's, time. And everybody then, was dying at that point, too. And that same team was the hottest starting Dodger team ever at 13-2. Yeah. and two. It's the ebbs and flows of a major league mm-hmm. season. But I do think the difference this year is I do have some questions with the starting pitching depth and the injury to Clayton Kershaw. I'd be lying if I wouldn't say that. I definitely have some questions about the early starts of Julio. I think Walker Buehler, he's still an ace, but he's a different pitcher these days. Mm -hmm. And I think that Andrew Heaney, he's going to be back in three weeks or so. Like you said, Tyler Anderson, he's came down to earth. So I think there are some questions about this Dodgers starting rotation and this bullpen with the injury to Blake Trinan. Now we're getting Caleb Ferguson back, so that's big, but yeah. Uh, any thoughts from you over there, Mr. Yulo, or any good comments? Uh, a lot of people just saying a rough patch. Uh, you know, it's a marathon. Mr. Mr. Roach reminds us it's all a marathon. Uh, Dodger Barber 90 just says Cowboys suck, which I just have to read because I appreciate that. Appreciate it, yeah. Um, uh, let me give a... There we go. There you go. Yeah, look, it's, it's a long season. There's definitely issues with the starting rotation. But look, I mean, one of the reasons uh, a lot of experts and analysts were high on this team before coming into the season is when injuries happen, they have the institutional organizational depth to overcome them. So, like, there is a world where maybe Ryan Pepio does get, you know, 10 to 15 spot starts this year yeah. if the injuries keep happening. And there's not a lot of teams that have a guy sitting like that in AAA. Mm-hmm. So, like, and on top of all of it, they can leverage their farm system, which is ranked number one in all of baseball by multiple websites. They can make a trade, which you guys are going to get into later, for a starting pitcher. So I'm not all worried about it. Look, Freeman, I think, has options A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, they've they've thought about this. Hey, what if Kershaw goes down? Obviously, they didn't even probably factor Bauer into the season. So yeah. I know they have a plan, and that's the benefit of being able to trust your team president, mm-hmm. trusting your general managers. Like, I'm absolutely not freaking out, and if I'm would be would be fine if Pepio makes 10, 15 starts and we get a little more Grover. Yeah, like uh, like like Doug over here says, and Andrew Friedman, we trust at all times. He's never proven us overly wrong 
uh, for at least for an extended period of time. He finds a way to win, and he finds a way to make up for uh, bad decisions or poor decisions. And on the Pepio idea, the Pepio train, I would say if he could be a raw stripling type of dude, that's what this team needs. They need that swing man that could get in there uh, in the rotation when needed, get you your spot starts. Maybe not as much AAA as we've seen from like a Mitch White over the last couple of years, but more of the give us some starts, give us some relief appearances, give us you know four or five innings when you can. Um, and I think they really need to, to spend some time building up dudes a little bit more. Um, we'll segue into... The kids are all right. You know, first uh, two starts in the career, or first start for each two dudes with Pepio, with Mikey Grove, I'm going to call him, because I'm best friends like that. Um, both friends of Dodgers Nation, by the way. Good, not great. Pepio, three innings, a lot of walks, gave us some base runners, you know, uh, one hit. So, mm, fine. Two hit by, or a hit by pitch thrown in there. Grover. Couldn't get through four, uh, four hits, three walks, four unearned runs, not much leash from Doc, par for the course. But uh, you still got to feel confident in what you saw from these dudes in their first uh, taste of the bigs. Yeah, I mean, they're human beings, right? And this is Major League Baseball. And you make your first start, you're going to have nerves, you're going to have butterflies. Mm-hmm. But Ryan Pepio, I was impressed that he wasn't missing over the plate. He's kind of finding the edges there. I mean, his stuff is so filthy that sometimes it'll fall out of the yeah. zone. But he still has that filthy changeup. He has the spin on it, the mm-hmm. way it breaks away to hitters. So I think that there's definitely something there. And when we talk about Michael Grove, I was impressed with him, especially when we saw how he started his Dodger career, the way he's been able to reinvent himself and able to increase his velocity. He has life on that heater. You got the curveball to lefties, the slider to righties. I like his repertoire. For him, it's just about commanding the zone. There were a couple pitches yesterday he did miss pretty badly. If you look at him missing the target and they didn't capitalize on those mistakes, thankfully, Thankfully. (laughs) but he was missing bats and he can miss bats in the zone with Mm -hmm. his fastball. And when we talk about Walker Buehler and Julio Urias, who have struggled to do that, having a guy that has a lot of life on that arm, I think is going to bode well for this team. So to me, I do think they have the depth to navigate a regular season with guys like Pepio and Grove. You mentioned Mitchell White, Andre Jackson. To me, it's the top end guys versus a lineup like the Phillies in the postseason kind of thinking big picture. So I kind of think of it in two ways. The World Series, the postseason picture versus, yes, they do have the guys, the dudes in in the minor league system and on this roster that can help navigate that. And then you got some possibilities for bullpen games and piggybacking starts and things like that. My concern with that, and I was talking to someone about this earlier, my concern with the, yeah, maybe I was talking to Eric about it. You have enough (laughs) pitching to get through the season for sure. But that will require a lot out of Walker and Julio again. And we saw how much that bit them in the ass last October. They ran out of gas completely because they had to shoulder the load of losing Bauer and Kershaw in the middle of the year. And they had nobody else ready. I saw a comment um, up here earlier talking about uh, Andre Jackson. And he's one of the dudes who... Listen, help is still needed with this rotation, with the staff as a whole, especially with trying it out till it looks like all-star break. Um, you still don't really know what you're going to get out of Tommy Canely, uh, Dan Hudson. We got, I, we got a lot of people asking about Bobby Miller. B-milled is good. I don't know if they want to start the clock on him yet. That's my 
I think that's a that's big factor. Big, like, that's my big concern. There's this, but I, the people I've talked to too, I mean, they say he's not ready. From a mechanic standpoint, they're yeah. still trying to smooth it out, trying to refine him. And you know how the Dodgers handle their pitchers. They don't want to throw him into the wolves this in this situation. Full. Yeah. Like maybe there's no COVID. Like a right? second full. And he's not pitching the alternate side through 2020 and he has more experience. Maybe it's something you consider because there's no question the talent is mm-hmm. there. The pitch mix, the yeah. electricity on that fastball. You we plug saw, him in as a reliever right now, probably fine. You're probably fine. You probably got a a three-ish ERA and dude who could just shove in in different opportunities uh, or different situations, but you're trying to get length out of the rotation. I don't know if B. Milt is the guy yet. And again, I think there's just a lot going against the team um, uh, in terms of getting him up and running uh, for, I don't know, 10 to 15 starts. I mean, I think a lot of people's opinions are based on one freeway series start, which is an exhibition game, right? It's like you saw him strike it. Like, I mean, I, I know I'm not watching all Bob Miller's starts. So I feel like a lot of people saw, you know, a very high profile strikeout of the AL MVP last year. Like, oh, yeah. he's ready. It's like there's a lot more to go- that's going on than just pumping gas in an exhibition game to show Otani. Like, you need, to, you need to have more than that. So I, I would be surprised to see him up, like, starting consistently as well. Yeah. And if he is, something went real wrong real quick in L.A. Just saying. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Ferguson, Caleb Ferguson, uh, was one of the guys we were talking about last week that we didn't know when we'd be seeing him again. Well, it turns out it would be one week later. Caleb Ferguson rejoins the Dodgers uh, active roster. Finally, he got Tommy John in 2020. The numbers at AAA as he was still recovering um, because he barely started throwing off a mound really in earnest. Uh, probably two, a week into spring training, two weeks into spring training. So he needed more time to build up. Uh, I saw him at, at spring training uh, the, the first day it opened, and, you know, he, he pitched live BP, and, ooh, he did not look good immediately. Like, they, they went out, and they, they, they got all the pitching, you know, staff on him to talk mechanics, and he was off, which makes sense. It had been a hot minute. That was, what, September 2020, and now we're all the way into – March at that time of 2022. The numbers at AAA, not good. They have not been good. Um, but uh, high-level numbers, 11.5 ERA in six games, but it's only two bad outings. He gave up uh, three earned runs while getting one out and then another three while getting only two outs. He does have four scoreless outings uh, to go along with that in those six outings. So this is at a point where it's more of like a necessity. He's not ready. But the Dodgers staff needs him, especially in coming. <laughs> you have two, um, you know, four game series, and you got a double header. You know, it, it's it's a tough time for this Dodger staff. You get an off day on Thursday, but then you're traveling. Uh, but uh, Caleb's back. Yeah, back again. Yeah, I think Caleb Ferguson is a guy Caleb that. 
Him, he could definitely help this team if he's right. Like he's you nasty. said, he hasn't looked great yeah. during he his rehab assignments. 20, the velocity is a little down. But, yeah, if you look at 2013 strikeouts per nine, he ends up getting 27 strikeouts and three walks and 18 and two-thirds innings pitch. He looked dominant at times, success versus righties and lefties. And yep. he's a guy that knows how this bullpen does things, knows how this organization does things. And to get him back out on the mound, maybe he might struggle early on. But like you said, they need him. And you're just going to have to be patient with Ferguson. Maybe he gets roughed up a couple couple times in his first few appearances but the talent's definitely in there the Dodgers need him a part of this bullpen when you consider all the yeah. injuries and we know Victor Gonzalez is going to be out yes uh, I also saw a great comment from uh from Dave I think it was David saying Doug drink your beer so I love it when the crowd is here making sure to keep uh Doug in check yeah chug that Budweiser give me another beer Budweiser one man named Caleb Ferguson is not going to be enough help for this Dodgers staff as a whole. My question, as, as it's kind of been the last couple of weeks off and on, is what's the deal with David Price? Yes, we know he's coming off La Rona. It seems like maybe it might have hit him harder than anybody knew or anybody knows. Also, it kind of seems like the Dodgers just still kind of don't want to do anything with him. I don't know what the deal is with David Price. He, you know this guy's a former Cy Young Award winner. You need length. You need that opportunity to get some maybe four or five outs, uh, five innings every fifth day. 30, what, 36, 37 now. It's not going to be premium, but at some point you need bodies to give you length. Let and David Price give you the long stuff. So it came out today. He's actually he's on, he's in Los Angeles, and he's – on the taxi it, squad. On the taxi squad and could start in one of the doubleheaders or appear in one of the doubleheaders tomorrow against the Diamondbacks. Yippee, whippy, whippy. That's what we want. I mean, you said it. Like, they, they just need innings at this point. I mean, to me, I always say, you know, David was worth the price because of he was the Mookie tax. And if you look at this season... They just don't have a role for him. And I, they no. just have never... He's always been in this weird limbo with this franchise. He opted out in 2020. Last season, they tried to put him in the bullpen. He made some spot starts to start games after Kershaw and Bauer went down. But I think at this point, yeah. you might get a little bit of financial relief in a low-level prospect if you traded him. And you know well, they... I res- think they're, de- they're definitely trying. Oh, they're definitely trying. And you know they respect him. You know they're working with him to find a place for him. Mm-hmm. I was talking about him as a early in spring training as a possible DFA candidate. But when it mm-hmm. comes... To David Price, look, what do you have to lose? Go out there and see if you can be effective. There is a Cy Young Award winner in there somewhere. Of course, his stuff isn't the same, but it's not like he has that much diminished velocity or anything like that. I mean, before he went down with a wrist injury back in 2019, he was actually pretty successful. So I think if, when it comes to David Price, they need innings, they need bodies. Might as well go throw him out there if he has a couple of good outings. Maybe you package yeah. him together to get something, or you just try to see what you can get. He's not going to be great. <laughs> we know this, but if he can still give you some innings, give you 10 starts in a row, middling, four ERA or something like that, that's fine. You need help to keep Walker and to keep Julio healthy-ish yeah. and alive-ish for the postseason. Uh, and that's uh, that's my take on that. Brooks in the stream, by the way, he says, uh, these guys sucks. Where uh, Where is Brook me three? Um, Hi, what up, Brook? Ask your mom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we are also waiting on Mitch White, who is also coming off La Rona, and he's going to start building up a AAA real soon. I think he's starting this week, uh, this weekend or this week, whatever it is. Um, I was going to mention this earlier, and I either did or did not. For the folks clamoring for Andre Jackson, my dude is struggling at AAA to start yeah. the season. 15 Ernie's, 
and 15 innings. It's a nine ERA. He's not doing too hot so far. But uh, he's a dude who's going to play a role at some point on this team, you'd hope. But the fact that he was passed over to call up Michael Grove or even Ryan Pepio tells you a little bit about where they're at with him. So those are, we'll say, our options. And none of them are overly appealing to help get us some innings through a very long and, uh, as my bookie says, boring season. Unless you're betting on it, Dodgers Nation's promo code. Um, let's have some fun with some way too early trade talk. Between Pepio, Grove, Price, Mitch White, Andre Jackson, again, nothing screams top of the rotation help for a World Series contending team. We've seen the chinks in the armor with Walker Bueller and her, uh, Julio Urias. And like I've already said, we were never going to get 33 starts out of Clayton Kershaw. So Andrew Friedman, as we know, is at work. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it well. That's what he does. So some options. I know you've talked about it from time to time with uh, on post-game show and, and through various Dodgers dugouts. Check them out. Make sure you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. Frankie Montas is a guy that a lot of people really want to see, and we know the A's really want to trade him. I mean, you know I need trades like oxygen needs fire, right? You know I need that stuff in my life. And the fact that the Dodgers are in a position where they might have to go to market at some point this season, Mm -hmm. it does excite me because I think the big question is, how all in are you on this season? Are you all into the point where you want to... They wanna, have to be. They have to be because yeah. you've got some last dance type players with Kershaw, Muncie, I mean, Justin Turner. And if Trey you want to win, Trey Turner is the best example. So this core, this window is not that big with this court, right? So I think if you're the Dodgers and you realize that, hey, yes, there's not the Max Scherzer types out there, a guy that you can guarantee is going to be a horse that's going to be a frontline guy. Yes, that guy doesn't exist as of yet, but Frankie Montaz is a very interesting trade piece that you guys have known that I've been all about Filthy Frankie for quite some time now. If you look at that splitter this year, it's been one of the best pitches of Major League Baseball. Opponents are hitting 95 off of him, and he's the guy that gets that chase. He gets that yeah. those strikeouts, and he's got that stuff that plays up in the postseason. He's under one more year of team control, and I, the people I've talked to have told me that, hey, they're going to wait a few months before they deal Frankie Montas, yeah. and I think that could actually help the Dodgers because you don't want to make a desperate move mm-hmm. right now because they're not in a desperate situation yeah. by ma- any means. I mean, they're still have the best... Uh, uh, ERA in the league and their third in opponent's batting average. So this rotation still is fine, but I think you're at the point where you start having those conversations around the league. And I think the fact that there's not that many big names out there and that the A's are in a position where everyone knows that they're going to be sellers, they could be looking for a King's ransom. But we also know the Dodgers, they've got the capital. They have the resources to make a move like that. If the only question is, look, they had Frankie Montaz at one point. They knew what he was capable of. Yeah. And who does he supplant in this rotation if Kershaw is healthy? And that's kind of my big question as well. Because if Walker, Julio, and Kershaw are right, he's your number four starter. Yeah, so. that, that was that was my big why I set up the whole lead in the way I did. It's like you don't you're not they're not gonna find that top of the rotation guy. They're not gonna go out and get another Max Scherzer type of dude. What they need is a dude that could be that number four guy in the postseason because time and time again it has proven that they do not trust Tony Gonsolin in a big situation, even though he's very much earning it so far to start the season. With that, he's probably going to shit the bed tonight because we said anything positive about my boy Tony Smokes. You need to just get some dudes that can give you innings throughout a long season and they have those guys with a dp with pepio with 
you know, whatever you're going to get out of Michael Grove. Sure, you already have those type of dudes. Um, Montas can be that guy and be like that. He's one of the best options. You, know, you look at another guy who people have clamored for a lot, Louis Castillo. He's not having a great season, and he's been hurt. He's been hurt, yeah. Tyler Molly. I mean, the whole Reds are absolute doo-doo and a half. Like, Dave, they've Dave, been bad. Sorry, Dave Luna says, what about Hunter Green? <laughs> he's, he's the flavor of the night right now. I mean, he's everybody. a rookie. Like, you're going to have to pay. He's a former, former first-round pick. I believe he's the number one overall pick for the Reds. Like, yeah. the Dodgers are going to pay. Hometown a, kid, though. Yeah, hometown kid, but the Dodgers are going to pay a Shout King's to ransom. Sherman Oaks. <laughs> Yeah, to, to get that's, that's an expensive like price yeah. tag. Yeah, get somebody like him. You're going to need to send Miller, Bobby Miller, and Ryan Pepio, and like a Gavin Lux type. And yep. Dodger Stadium, probably. Some the of the World Series rights, trophies. Couple yeah, seats, I know. couple that of passes. Would be an Robert Baker trade. says Jose Quintana. I mean, that's the type of filler back end dude, even though that guy's been traded for a lot. A lot in his his uh, his past, but um, I think what you look at, I think the Dodgers would probably want to go after a name that doesn't have too much team control left because one, that's going to lessen yeah. the prospect capital they're going to have to part ways with, but also it kind of allows them to maintain that flexibility moving yeah. forward. Nathan Eovaldi is another game yeah, that's very another name that's very interesting. When you look at his fastball velocity, his ability to miss bats, and when he gets hot, he's a guy that pitches like a number one or two starter. If it's the right time for him, he's a guy mm-hmm. that can really catch fire in the postseason. To me, the way I look at it is, yes, Frankie Montaz would be a number three, number four if everyone's healthy. But what if there isn't enough tread on the tires for Julio and Walker in the postseason? What mm-hmm. if Clayton Kershaw does go down with another injury? After that August 2nd trade deadline, there is no going back. And then yeah. you look at it, hey, you can never have enough starting pitching. And the Dodgers, look, it's not like they're going out there and trying to get a whale on a rowboat with a cane pole, okay? They have the prospect capital and they have the assets they say. to uh, they have the assets to go out there and make a power move. To me, I almost look Look at it as like the Los Angeles Rams, yeah. what the Rams did, can, OBJ, Von Miller. Can I mean, this, and, and Eric already said, I mean, it's the top or one of the top farm systems in all of baseball, but can it take another hit? Because all of the premier talent in the top, you know, upper echelon of the farm system is pitching, and pitching is what we need. Why would you want to trade away pitching that's maybe a year or two away to get a dude who's going to be around? Yeah, that's that play. Yeah, I mean, we have other dudes like Mike, Michael Bush is absolutely crushing the ball right now. There are some other guys, uh, you know, you could maybe move a Jacob Amaya. You could maybe move, I don't know, there's I some mean, other. I just think that this organization has really proven to us that they're putting they're pushing all their chips in the middle. Last year, Bauer goes out on admin leave. Kershaw goes down. May goes down. What they do, they trade their top two prospects for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Yeah. And this those team, prospects didn't hurt us. And the they really didn't hurt us yeah. at the time. I mean, you're seeing how they're able to develop these days, but I think that they're not going to get fleeced. I don't think Andrew Freeman will make a, a desperate move, but I fully believe that within this organization, I think that to really crystallize this uh, coronation of this era of the Dodgers, you really need that full Monty 162-game <laughs> World Series that just shuts everyone up. You beat a team like the Yankees or the Trastros or the Anna Slime Angels or some team like that. I mean, that really just silences all the haters. And then also you add the fact this could be Clayton Kershaw's last year. Trey Turner's most likely. I mean, my gut tells me that they might not get a deal done for him. And you got to take advantage of that talent. And without the starting pitching intact, you're not going to be able to take advantage of. How about a move like Freddie Freeman, who's 32 years old? You need a World Series with Freddie Freeman in the next two or three years for that move to pay off, in my opinion. A couple, uh, a couple I didn't think of earlier, and f- what three, four months ago, offseason me would be real pissed at me right now. Artie, Artie Chico, and uh, there was another one mentioned Zach Granke. 
Zach Greinke would be a, a nice addition to the rotation, question mark. Uh, he's having a fine year, three, 3.5 ERA, over seven starts. My guy, though, give me Rich Hill. I want Rich Hill back. Give me all of the Dick Mountain back in the starting rotation. Rich is having a, a phenomenal year with Boston, who is out of the hunt real quick in the AL East. He's one on one, two eight nine ERA over six starts. I mean, he's not given a whole bunch of innings, twenty eight innings, but he's still a guy who's a dude who can help, and he's been in LA. And my God, if there's anybody that deserves to win a World Series with LA, it's Richie. And um, you have a guy that can get you that three, four, five inning start, being being even number six starter in in a rotation that is built to relieve Walker and Julio of all of the stress that they had to do in 21. We saw what it did, and they can't do that again to kill them in the postseason because it just doesn't work. Now, if you're driving the Ridge Hill bandwagon, I'm calling shotgun, okay? Because I don't care if he had a 50 ERA, I would want him back on the Dodgers. And the bottom line is he is still inducing soft contact. He's still missing bat he's still the missing proto- barrels the so prototypical yeah crafty left-hander very crafty the fastball velo is you know one of the worst in the league but the, this dodger he knows how to go in there and compete on the mound i think that it would reinvigorate him when you consider the fact that yes he's from massachusetts but to have another shot at winning another title with the dodgers be very happy to yeah, be back he'd in be LA. extremely excited especially <laughs> to right the wrongs of what happened in 2017 and 2018 in the World Series and yes. taking them out early. So give I some think, Richie thoughts over there. Yeah, give your two Richie thoughts. I love Rich Hill. Absolutely love it. Crafty lefty, veteran. I love how much shady threw at Rob Manfred during the lockout. I'm all for bringing Rich Hill in. And you guys, I mean, Rich Hill is the perfect example of, you guys talked about it's too early. There are going to be established starters as these teams realize that they're not contending this mm-hmm. year that are going to be on the market. Why, the price for Frankie Montas is so high right now because he's been on, on the block since like since three years ago. Yeah. yeah, so you're going to have these teams, big market teams like the Red Sox, who when they fall out of contention even farther, there's, there's some guys who are going to be on the trade block who we're not even talking about right now because we don't even know that they're on the block yet because the team still thinks they can do it. So there's going to be some other names. Like I don't think the Nationals were shopping Max Scherzer in, in April last year. Nope. That was not the case. He became available. There are going to be guys who, are t- who could be legitimate starting rotation pieces who are just not available right now. How's uh, Strasburg going? Is he, uh, is he back in the league yet, or is he still hurt? I got gotcha. you. Because uh, I saw that name earlier in the, in the chat. He's on the IL right now, and he has not pitched since uh, last year. So I think Not exactly on the up. shedding the payroll uh, I was tip about to with say. Steven yeah, Strasburg. He's point. signed through 2026, 245 mil over seven. I was about to say, I mean, 35 mil a year for a guy that's right. so injury prone. He's not a guy that you want. Like I said, they're going to want a short-term guy like we saw, you Darvish. And yes, it didn't work out. Yeah. Could have been yeah. Verlander. I mean, they want guys that where they can maintain that, that flexibility, yeah. unless it's a Trey Turner, where it's another extra year. Or a Mookie Betts has another extra year where they, yeah. players they want to sign. I think Manny Machado was the exception. And I think that his dress rehearsal, his dry run with the Dodgers didn't go so well. Yeah. But if he had raked, the Dodgers would have a conversation. Everything's fluid yeah. with this organization. No question the, about it. Their intent was absolutely to sign him when they traded for him. And then yeah. they're like, Ooh. I'm not Johnny Hustle. Yeah. Johnny Hustle. Yeah, exactly. Great interview. But one of the, one of the, that's, a, like, that's right up there with, you don't know all the facts. If you don't know the facts, you need to shut <laughs> the F up. 
<laughs> love you, Carlos. Friend of the show. Jay Dilla saying, uh, get us some Jeff Weaver. I'm down. I love my boy, Jay Weave. Roach hit my... us with Hiroki Kuroda. <sighs> I'd love some I HK. I that guy. Yeah. HK18, was, was, that was a beast right there, man. Can he's we get a, uh, Kent Tomato back when he's uh, healthy back from Tommy John? Next year? Yeah. yeah why, why not? Yeah, let's just do it. Finish that contract out here in L.A. Because Kuroda was the only guy that showed up. Which how I don't know Han- how He's Han- the only guy that didn't lay an egg when we were getting roasted by the Phillies one of those times. I forget which year it was. I think was. it was 08. Yeah. Everyone else got. How blown. about Han Chi Kuo in 2010 before he had all those? Well, now, now you made it weird. Now you just made it that we're just talking about all the Asian pitchers. Oh, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> this is an all-inclusive community. I thought we were going down that road. I love Han Chi Kuo. <laughs> is that uh, D-Mac? Jose Lima. Boom. Saved Jose it. Lima, R.I.P. Yeah. Lima time. It's dead. I am Asian, so it's okay. Asian-ish. Yeah. Adjacent? Hey, uh, Eric, you Jewish? <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Just airing out all the, all the dirty laundry here. Hey, Asian Pikachu 215 says, let's get a day of Nomo back. I got the bobble over there in uh, my little shrine of Nomo. 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 Anyways, those are our trade thoughts. We'll uh, be talking about them for several more months. Woo, baseball. Finally, guys, um, the Diamondbacks are in town for four in three days. Which I really am not a fan of, especially like two full game doubleheaders on a Tuesday. Your boy's going to be just tired. I'm tired thinking about it I had a chance already. to go to that game. <laughs> what what you happened? Sh- you sure did, Doug. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> hey, I heard you could have got some real good uh, front row seats. Hey, but you know what's going to excite the Dodgers is who they go up against is when they face Bumgarner, right? So... Going up against Baumgartner, maybe they'll get Max Muncy going. Maybe they can put a little kid pool, kid pool, uh, in the parking lot past the pavilion. He can hit it inside the ocean or something like crazy <laughs> like that. You never know. So, look, that's the thing about this Dodger team. One of their hallmarks is beating up on bad teams. They need to yeah. do that once again because the Dodgers, 17-5 and five against the Diamondbacks over the last two seasons. They've won nine of the last ten series against the Garden Snakes. They're 25-7 and seven against the D-backs. I mean, the D-backs. Apologize. Everyone always said when I do a post game show with the Diamondbacks, literally the first 30 comments are D bags, D bags. We beat the D bags. Okay. So you guys have corrupted me. All right. I don't appreciate that. But uh, yeah, they've outscored a 187 to 95 in that stretch. So this team has dominated the Diamondbacks. And you saw really the start of this slide. What really made this team look human this year is that series in Arizona where you had some rough games. Gavin Lux had the throwing air. You mean that's kind of started kind of the bad mojo They've, of this season. The Dodgers always play like shit against shit teams, and it's frustrating. The Phillies had to go and win three or four to get to one game under 500. They lost a series to open the year, the Dodgers, in Colorado against the crap Rockies. The Diamondbacks, I think they, well, that's when they lost one series. The, the Pirates, the goddamn Pirates, you lose a series. They swept the Cubs, but... It's when to fly they, that jolly Dodger. Andrew, they play down, and it's very frustrating. Uh, but I think uh, you're going to have some angry baseball in this series. I think so. I mean, the Diamondbacks are one game over 500. Yeah, they're, I know, no, they're, they're, I know they're, their run diff isn't a, pretty. A fine squad, if you will. Yeah, for them, that's like a 101 season right there. Yeah. So, like, this isn't the Diamondbacks of, you know, two years ago where it's like, oh, we're going to sweep them. I mean, that, it's going to be – I think the Dodgers are going to win the series, but it's, this is not the – right now, this is not the rollover Diamondbacks. Yeah. I don't know if a snake can roll over, but you know what I mean. Yeah. 
Yes. Plus, I hey, think hey, the vitriol. Brooke, uh, Rick and Morty reference. The vitriol for Madison Bumgarner is exactly what this team needs to yes. get the fire, to yes. get the fire going, just wipe away last week Mad and bum, get it going. Mad Bum is the absolute blue chew for this team. They're going to get it up to play Mad oh, Bum. Wow. Take him deep. Take it all away. Because why not? And you got Tony Gonson, again, arguably the best pitcher in the Dodgers rotation right now, who stayed healthy. One, 1.3 ERA. Sure, he's not pitching a lot of innings, but that's by design because, uh, you know, Dave kind of hates him. Uh, tomorrow, you got two games. The uh, noon game is Merrill Kelly versus TBD. Ryan Pepio. They've pretty much all but said it's going to be Pep, even though now they're saying, oh, it could be David Price or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, TBD versus Tyler Anderson in the evening game. So, Tyler Anderson, a good reason to not want to go to a Tuesday night game. And Tyler Anderson's pitching, by the way, just to say. I'll record it vlog style from the top deck. Yeah. Don't worry. Say on, uh, welcome back to my channel. Vlog him in there. Um, really Jack, Davies, Zach Davies versus uh, Bueller on Wednesday. So, Bueller gets a 1 o'clock start on Wednesday afternoon to set right the damage he did to his uh, Cy Young campaign, as we talked about on last week's roundtable. Uh, and then there's a, uh, mercifully, there's an off day on, on Thursday. But it's a good, it's a good opportunity. I mean, they're, uh, the, the Diamondbacks are sending out, quote, their best against us. But um, not a reason you shouldn't be able to get it up and beat them. I mean, look, this is a series the Dodgers have to just take care of business. They have to just wipe off the stink of last week. You know, this Dimebacks team, like Eric said, to your point, they're not the same Dimebacks as they were in past seasons. Their pitching has improved. Their offense has improved. They still strike out a lot, 27th in the league, 9.11 strikeouts per game. But then on the same token, that's not what this Dodgers pitching staff is known for this season. So they're not going to necessarily do that quite a bit. But the advantage is to the Dodgers. And like I said, I think the big question for me is, that Tuesday start. Ryan Pepio, how will he come out there having gone through that first big league start? We come out there and pitch well and give this Dodgers a chance to really put up runs early on this Diamondbacks team. But I think the time is now because if you look at that June schedule, it's a little rough. And this is really a favorable schedule this month that the Dodgers had a lot of winnable games. You're talking about the 31 games in a row and a lot of games in consecutive fashion. And look, this team after last week, that was really unacceptable. Going two for five, Mm -hmm. two and five in the week. And you look at all the runs they had scored and yeah, I think this is a week for the Dodgers to really get right against an opponent that they have dominated for so many years. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun uh, as long as we win four. I'll take three. One win four. Important comment, though, in the chat. And this is going to be great for everybody um, listening to the podcast. But Don Kim has asked multiple times, Eric Ulo, what kind of keyboard is that? It's an ergonomic, adjustable keyboard, Don Kim. It's a gold touch. Very nice. Go out, go out there and get yourself one. You'll really, your hands will thank uh, you. Let's, let's, uh, let I mean, me, this is. Let's get in there. I mean, look at this. You, know, you can yeah, adjust you it. it. Oh, I mean, yeah. Brooke, Brooke loves this keyboard. Yeah, I'm actually just, getting one I'm for really his birthday. Just zooming in on that. Yeah, this boy. keyboard is just pure. This is pure unfiltered yeah. flavor. Remember that one time you left it here? Oh, that was a rough week, yeah. dude. My hands were hurting. I'm fragile. I'm brittle. Very unergo. Yeah, I'm like a Dodgers pitcher. Like I really need, I really need a nice setup for my work. You know, I don't want to be overworked. You got a I, hot you be setup careful. over there. A hot setup, man. Hot that setup. is serious. Oh, man, serious. It. I'm watching. I'm watching it happen back here. Again. Yeah, I'm watching Whoa, it too. It's, it's very, it's very distracting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no shout out. Get the gold touch, uh, Adam. Where'd you get the shirt? I could tell you, but I have to kill you. It's the uh, the Dos Dos Angeles shirt. 
Sorry, I thought I was doing my close-up again. It's okay. All right, I'm going to get him off the screen for everybody. Shout out. <laughs> but he's still up there for a little bit. I love this delay because I never get to see it, so I just know you guys are watching it behind. No, it's fun to watch. There's something about it, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what is it, uh, like 30 it ends up being like a minute delay for people to re-see it again, and it just becomes this weird loop. It's great. Uh, somebody wants a link. Canadian Panda Attack wants a link to the keyboard. That's uh, that's that's nah, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, you're not. That's not happening. Creative Killer wants to snap the keyboard in half. Yeah, yeah, you can snap your own, and you basically are ergonomic AF. Now, to me, it almost looks like it's a bridge that's about to go up, and a boat's gonna go through it. You know what I mean? Like his keyboard. Like if there's like an earthquake. I mean, I've used it a few times, and my wrist kind of hurt after. I don't know if I. Would, uh, I don't like it. You know, I'm, gonna I'm not a fan. I'm going to exclusively start yeah. working only in T9. Only in T9? <laughs> Throwback, baby. My back hurts just saying that. There you go, man. Because, there you go. Because, you know, older older folk. Just saying. Can we, I- got the, we got the shirt on there. We got uh, what else? Nothing good, nothing good, nothing good. Oh, I saw one. I want to find it. I'm going to take my time here. I'm going to find this last comment because it was a good one. But I'm going to take my time. And you guys can just sit here and uh, and enjoy that. Because why not? My God, how many... Co- oh, here it is. Canadian Panda Attack. Let's talk about Pujols. Albert Pujols out here pitching. Throwing like... He ain't no Russell Martin. He ain't no Justin <laughs> Turner. I'll tell you that much. 54. 54, yeah. I mean, look. Honestly, if I was an ESPN uh, TV exec, I'd be pretty happy. Because that game was absolute, absolute dog ass. It was 15-2. to two, And yeah. they're like, God, we really blew it with this primetime matchup with the Giants. And then who comes out at 42 years young for his pitching debut? Albert Pujols. So... You know, give, give a little sizzle for some late-night baseball. Listen, in my younger days, back when I could do uh, more things, um, I used to play in, like, not independent, but, like, like the crappy baseball leagues. Yeah, adult, adult, adult men's hard-pitch fastball. Yeah, 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 they're just trying to get away from the wives on Sundays. Yeah, um, as you do. We, we had a guy on some team I picked up on, and, and he was in his, like, 70s and out there just throwing cheese. He pitched seven innings in his 70s. Wait, you played with Jamie Moyer? Hold on, wait. Um, I have it sideways, so I lost all my buttons. Look, I mean, I, I think to me, I mean, it's all it's all fun and games, all jokes. But I mean, to me, the fact that how are you gonna let a player that has a 36 ERA into the Hall of Fame? I think it's it was cool to see him out there. But I mean, to me, yes, there has been more people that landed on the moon that have hit a home run off holes in this planet. But a 36 ERA, I mean. At this point, I'm just, DFA, just DFA. I, I'm concerned. And look, like I said, we still love you here, Albert Pujols. You're I'm still wearing, our Theo. You're shirt. still our Theo. And uh, hey, man, I'm just saying, Shohei Otani who? It's seen better Shohei Otani right? who? The greatest, That's all I'm saying. He's the greatest two-way player of all time. In the history of the world, man. There's yeah, no yeah. question about it. I mean, to born me. Born from Dominican I just, born. I mean, I just, to me, I just, I thought I, maybe I had a chance to put one in play at a big league level. I loved, I loved uh, Evan Longoria getting the ball back. Keeping the ball. Yeah, yeah. no, I want, I want that ball. <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> I just singled off a pool hole. To make, to make anything fun out of a 15, you know, run blowout like you're saying, that's fun. That, that's what makes baseball great. And I'm glad they didn't ruin uh, the whole, you know, players can hit or players can pitch position players can pitch thing like they were trying to do with some of the rules and the cba and all that kind of stuff Ooh, i haven't said that word in a while oh, those letters oh god oh. flashbacks that was worse than rona oh man it was pretty bad <laughs> anyways i guess uh, that's enough of a show dodgers are coming up in about an hour so you guys can go hang out with uh john hartung or our friend tim never i think he's doing the game because of reasons but uh We'll be back here next week, as we always are. We live here. Uh, Make sure 
Uh, I have to install updates on that computer, it seems. But make sure uh, you stay tuned to our uh, our YouTube this week. We got a new episode of Designated Twitter being filmed tomorrow. So we'll all be here in the human flesh. We got DN Roundtable coming at you on Wednesday, which is either dropping Wednesday night or Thursday. And Brooks hosting it, so you know that's going to be a good time because... He's a little deranged. And uh, whatever else happens, you know, it's a good place to be on uh, Dodgers Nation YouTube. Why not just subscribe while you're there? Dodgers Nation uh, TV is the name of our spot. Or find us on the internet, DodgersNation.com. That's the one that actually keeps us all surviving. So check that out, please. And subscribe to our uh, Instagram things and really iTunes helps out the channel. and Spotify and everywhere that there's a Blue Heaven podcast and that there's a Dodgers Nation I am real FRG. That guy is DMAC underscore LA. And that guy over there is at E-E-U-L-A-U on the Twitter and Instagram. Don't follow him on Instagram. He's boring. Disagree. Great pictures of and outings in a Barbara. Real life stuff. not funny, according to one former um, person. Anyways, okay, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out. See you next Monday. Bye.